Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White, and I blog almost every day-ish over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out what works in my own home, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing yeah, organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people. Um, okay, so this is podcast number 66, and I'm calling it how to be neat and nice at the same time. Um, but before we get started, just so you know, this podcast is brought to you by my ebook, 28 Days to Hope for Your Home. That ebook uh, will talk you through establishing habits or routines or pre-made decisions or whatever you want to call them, as I've talked about in a previous podcast. Um, but it will help you establish four very basic daily habits that will make an amazing difference in your home. Like you won't even believe it, the difference that those four little things. And it also talks you through uh, a lot of the process and the emotions that you're going to go through if these habits are truly new to you, um, which has a lot to do with today's podcast. So that ebook is available at aslobcomesclean.com. Just look in the sidebar for the little 28 days to hope for your home. Um, Add. I will also put the uh, link to that in the show notes for today's podcast, podcast number 66. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and scroll down to find podcast number 66. If it is not linked on there yet, just go to see all my podcasts here. Okay. I am talking about how to be neat and be nice. Um, this is a specially requested podcast from, um, one of you. Uh, I don't think I've podcasted about this before, but Hey, maybe I'll say something different this time. If I have <laughs> 66 podcasts later and this happens anyway. Um, so just so you know, I would love ideas for podcasts. I am determined to keep these going. Uh, but sometimes my brain freezes and I don't have ideas of what to podcast about. So I have a file, um, that I'm pretty sure I haven't kept up with. So if you've sent me an idea before, send it again uh, to a slobchemsclean at gmail.com. As I've told you in previous podcasts, I am writing a book and my manuscript is due November 20th and my brain is on overload. And um, yeah, I'm going a little bit crazy. So uh, I love help in these idea areas because I totally get what so many of you say, because this is how I use podcasts as well, which is it's such great motivation to clean because I want to listen to this podcast and it just kind of naturally is a great thing to do while um, cleaning. Okay. So how to be neat and be nice at the same time. Um, so this is a struggle. Yeah. It's a real struggle that I think most people who are starting a change in their own home uh, go through. I personally have been through this, um, many times I can remember, um, crying over spilled milk. That's a phrase, but uh, actually I think it was spilled apple juice, but I can remember specifically crying over spilled apple juice because it seemed like a personal insult by the person who had spilled it, even though that person was, I don't know, probably less than four. Um, but it felt like a personal insult. It felt like this person who had spilled apple juice didn't care how hard I was working to change the condition of our home. Okay. 
I also remember getting furious with my husband when he didn't appreciate or understand, even though I had explained it to him, that I couldn't have a single thing in my kitchen sink and getting very frustrated when he would just put something in there. Uh, even though I was working so hard to keep that sink perfectly cleaned, uh, and perfectly clear of all things. And that was my obsessive focus, which did help. I mean, I think we all kind of know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the clean sink, but it totally did help. And I think that's a great way to go if that fits your personality, but it, it, it's like you put one dish in my clean sink and I am going to lose it. I am going to go crazy all over you if you put something in there. And and it would just was so personal, partly because you know what? Your house is personal. And I know there are men who listen to this, which makes me slightly uncomfortable. I'll just be honest. Hi men. Um, but you know, I'm talking to women here because that's part of us. We just, you know, our, our home is personal. We feel, feel very judged on our home. We feel very, I don't know, like it's this, that that's part of, you know, my whole slob problem, part of the shame aspect of what it is that I do in, you know, writing this blog called a slob comes clean that was never supposed to be public. Okay. It was never supposed to be something that people in my real life even had a clue existed. Unfortunately, that's different now, but, um, but you know, this was my shameful secret because there is so much somehow tied up in my identity as a woman, as a mom, as a, you know, somebody who for so many years, that was what I put on any kind of paperwork. You know, what do you do? I was a homemaker. I mean, that's what I was. And yet it was this huge disaster. So, I mean, I think that, that part of my identity that being part of my identity is part of why it was so personal when I would try to change. And then, um, you know, cause just in case you haven't listened to before and this is your first podcast. Um, yeah. So this, the whole reason I talk about this issue is because it's been a struggle my whole entire life. And so when I would try to change and people didn't come along beside me and okay, we're changing too, starting today. Um, you know, it, it was very hard for me to not take that personally because it was just such a, a huge stressor and such a huge frustration for me in my life. Okay. So, uh, just a couple of tips on this, on this subject. Number one, um, establish a routine before you announce a routine. Um, this was the biggest difference in this change that has truly made a lasting impact through the blog, uh, through, you know, I've, I've blogged my own process from starting six years ago of, okay, what is it that I can do? Cause whatever I had been doing before that had not worked. And so I was just determined to try to figure it out. Now I had that outlet of a blog. Um, your outlet might be a blog. It might be leaving comments on my blog, um, which I am always welcome for, you know, I always welcome you to do, you know, tell me what your progress is. Tell me what your frustrations are, whatever. Um, but you know, having that outlet was, was positive for me and having that outlet allowed me to not do what I had always done before, which was, okay, family, 
this is the first day of the rest of our lives. And everything we've ever done, and I maybe didn't say it exactly this way, but it's basically what I was saying. Everything we've ever done as far as how we maintain our home and um, all that kind of stuff, it's all different starting now. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's change everybody. One, two, three, change that. That was basically how I did things before. Um, whether I realized it or not, you know, because it was, I like to talk about things. And so I would start talking about how I was going to change. Now, um, the thing that's different is I went ahead because I wasn't telling my family I was doing this because I was so afraid I was going to fail. I went ahead and, um, just worked on what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. And by doing that, I established routines. Okay. Now remember, as we talked about before, my routines came after I just started doing things. Okay. So I just went ahead and started doing the dishes, whatever that meant. I'm sorry. My dog is like licking on everything. And I'm, so if you hear snapping, that's because I'm telling her to, um, stop licking whatever she's licking anyway. Okay. Um, which is the couch, not something gross, but anyway. Um, okay. So where was I? And this is an example of how I don't edit my podcasts. Okay. Um, okay. So I just went ahead and started focusing on what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. The routines came after the action. Okay. So I went ahead and just said, I'm going to solve this problem. My dishes are always dirty, so I'm going to wash them. And after washing them for, every single day for a long time, then I realized, okay, this is the way in which it works for us in this house. If I will wash them at night before I go to bed and put them away in the morning when I get up, that's how it works in our home and actually keeps things under control. So I focused on the routines themselves, what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. And then when I said, okay, kids, I need you to go empty the dishwasher. It wasn't this bum fuzzled look on their face, like empty the dishwasher. What does that even mean, mom? Cause don't we just eat out of the, di-? not that my kids talk like that, but don't we just eat out of the dishwasher? I mean, don't we just pull what we need for that meal out of the dishwasher? You know, I mean, my kids never even now they always ask the dishwasher clean or dirty, which I wish they wouldn't ask. Cause I wish it was like so automatic that it was always you know, in the morning emptied, which anyway, um, cause that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, they, you know, but now, but before it was just always assumed that if it was in there, it was clean. And the only time it was dirty was right before I ran it because I took out those last two dishes and then unloaded, you know, took everything out of the sink, which was never everything that was in the sink, um, took it all out and ran another load or whatever. So, um, you know, establishing that routine of we empty the dishwasher. Okay. So you empty the dishwasher because that's what gets done at this time. And so having a routine to bring them into works, telling them about a routine that they've never seen before in action, telling them about a routine that they've never, I mean, it's like, what, what, you know, I mean, okay. So I go to Camp Gladiator, which I do recommend. Um, I hate it, but love it anyway. Um, so I go to that, you know, my, (laughs) I don't think he listens to my podcast. He might, but anyway, sometimes I have a hard time understanding the instructions of what it is that we're supposed to do. Okay. And so I basically just nod 
and I don't even ask questions. I just go, okay. And then I watch what other people are doing and I do that. Okay. So that is way more effective for me. And sometimes I think that God gave me this great gift of having, you know, (laughs) needing to learn things like a child learns them so that I could do what it is I do on my blog. But I mean, basically the kids are going to learn so much more from seeing that, oh, okay. So after supper dishes go into the dishwasher and then we run it, you know, my husband, same thing. He figured out, oh, okay, this is the routine that works. And I've watched her and I've seen that if the dishwasher will run at night, our house stays under control. Well, he runs the dishwasher when it needs to be run at night. Hey, quit, quit licking. Sorry. Okay. If you're licking something, stop. Okay. Um, let's see. Don't expect Oh, here we go. Don't expect anyone to notice. Oh my goodness. This is so hard. Y'all, I am a um, theatrical natured person. Um, I was a theater arts teacher. I enjoy being in front of people. Um, so going into something, not expecting people to notice is it basically goes against everything in my being. I admire people that this is their natural thing. (laughs) It's not my natural thing. I like people to notice and I really like applause and I really like people to talk about, um, how clean my kitchen is. And, um, if someone says, Oh, your house looks nice. I'm telling you, it takes everything in me to not like ask them questions to get them to elaborate, you know, Oh, your living room looks nice. Oh, thank you. So what about it looks nice? You know, I mean, so, so is it my chairs? Did you notice my chairs? Did you notice, did you notice that there is not dog licking slobber on my, um, couch cushion because I cleaned it off and I know you've never been here before, but let me just tell you what the dog licking slobber did look like so that you can understand that it doesn't look like that right now. And then you can be really impressed with me. Um, that's basically how my brain works. Um, so I had to tell myself, I am not doing this to get noticed. I'm doing this because I want a clean house. Okay. So what's my motivation? My motivation is to have a house where I don't trip over stuff. If I have to walk through it in the middle of the night, or let's just be honest where I don't trip over stuff in the middle of the day. Um, you know, my goal is a clean house. My goal is not a, um, house that people are going to go on and on and on about how amazing it is. Okay. Tough but important. There was a post that I wrote months. I'm telling you, it was probably close to a year. I don't know. I didn't go back and look at it. I probably will before the show notes, but you can see. Um, so there was a post I wrote where my oldest child who was, I guess seven at the time, he, um, was saying, I, I think we'd been at, um, I don't know, been at somebody's house. My sister in law and my mother in law are fantastic. I mean, their houses are always great. They are fantastic about just washing dishes a little at a time all day long. It's like every time we eat, well, then they wash dishes and they wash, you know, so I don't know that I'll ever be that way. I'm much more the, let's get them all done at night, all that kind of stuff, but that's what they do. And their house is standard control and they don't use dishwashers by the way, just so the world knows, even if you don't have a dishwasher, 
oh, well, people still keep their kitchens clean and they, they have them. They just don't use them. It's crazy. Anyway. So my, um, son said something about, or he had been somewhere, I don't know who it was, but he said something about somebody who was always doing dishes. And he said, mom, I think your way is so much better. And my little noticing desire went, (laughs) he's noticed that I do my dishes every night and that that works really well as a routine in our home. Well, so I, you know, I'm waiting for him to say that. And he says, I think your way is so much better, mom. You know how you just, you know, don't do them for a couple days until there, there's like a whole bunch and then you do them all at once. And I was like, seriously, have you not noticed child that I have been doing the dishes every single night and putting them away every, no, he hadn't noticed because he doesn't care. Okay. He's was seven. He did not care about whether the dishes were done or not. I mean, for him drinking out of a measuring cup, um, let's just be honest. That was normal for him (laughs) at that point in his life. So, um, he, he didn't notice, he didn't care. It's not his identity whether or not his mother keeps the house, um, under control or not, you know, that's not his identity. He doesn't care. Okay. So don't expect people to notice, except that you have to change their definition of normal. Okay. This goes along with that. One of the things I realized over time as five minute pickups became something that my, I didn't have to explain what it was to my kids, you know, over time they started to realize what a five minute pickup was and what was expected of them. The first couple, they're not fun and they really don't even make that much of an impact, but you'd be amazed if you keep on going, kids do start to grasp. And now I say five minute pickup, my kids know what a five minute pickup is and fewer things just get thrown into their rooms where they can shut the door and hope that I don't notice. Um, not, no things, but fewer things anyway. But one of the things I realized over time was I had to change their definition of normal because it was only after I had personally been making a five minute pickup a priority only after I had been doing that for a long, consistent time that they even knew what our living room was supposed to look like. Okay. Yes, I could get it ready for parties. I've talked about that before. I have, I could whip my house into shape for a party, get it great. Um, but uh, yeah, those were few and far between because, you know, it was such a big deal for me to have a party and, you know, set aside the two weeks I needed to get ready for it. Um, but only after I had been doing five minute pickups to the point where the living room fairly consistently looked nice and the way that I wanted it to look and the way that I envisioned it looking whenever I added a new piece and thought that was going to change everything for me. But you know, my kids didn't have it in their head, what our living room was supposed to look like. So only over time of that becoming normal for them, did they even know what to do when I told them to pick up the living room? You know, like what is the room supposed to look like? You know, and I totally get this. How many times when my house was total chaos all the time, did cleaning it up mean figuring out where to put things? You know, I mean, there were lots of things in my house that, um, because I constantly had so much clutter with my garage sale addiction and all that, um, 
there were always things in my home that did not have a home. I still have things that don't have a home, but it's less and less and less. And the more that I improve from that, the easier it is when I pick things up. But you know, if you, if my living room, as it often did, had things in it that did not have a place that they'd ever been put even once, much less been put consistently, my kids have no clue. And that's a lot of pressure on a child who, again, doesn't care the way that I care. Okay. All right. Um, another thing, what doesn't work? Expecting people to read my mind. Okay. Um, when this is the top thing on my mind, getting my house under control, then I'm constantly seeing things and thinking, I want to improve that. Or I'm constantly thinking, okay, we've got to have a place for everything. Or I'm constantly thinking, okay, if I can just keep the kitchen under control, then um, that is going to make our house, uh, you know, better. Well, that's because my focus is on improving my home and getting my home under control and keeping my home under control. That is not other people's focus. I can't expect them to read my mind. Okay. Um, I get super frustrated with people when they expect me to read their mind. It's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, I am not into being manipulated or anything like that. Basically, I say this to my husband and we laugh. I'm like, I don't know if you know this about me, but I really don't like it when people expect me to do something, but don't actually tell me about it, you know? And he, he laughs because yeah, he knows that. Um, I, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Honestly, I think it's everybody's pet peeve. Okay. I just identify it and voice it. And also, you know, (laughs) resist with every fire fiber of my being when someone tries to do that to me. But I, nobody likes it when someone has expectations of them, but doesn't actually tell them what the expectations are. Okay. Let's all eliminate this phrase from our vocabulary. If you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Believe me, there are times where I've wanted to say that. Okay. And I'm sure I have said it because I'm so not perfect in any way ever. Um, but if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you is manipulative. Let's just, I'll be honest. It's so manipulative. And anybody saying that to me ticks me off. Ooh, I immediately think really, really unkind thoughts toward that person. Um, because it's, it's not realistic. Okay. And it's not helpful in any sort of way. So let's all eliminate that from our minds. Okay. I've had to do that. Okay. If I don't want people to put unrealistic expectations on me, then I need to not put unrealistic expectations on other people, even my family. Okay. Um, you know, one of the best pieces of advice that my mother gave me before I got married was don't ever say, I told you so. She said, nobody likes it. No, you're never going to win something by saying, I told you so. Yes. You may feel better. Like, oh, and oh my word, sometimes it is so hard to not say, I told you so. 
and I'll be honest, sometimes I phrase it differently with my children. Do you remember what I told you about such and such? You know, cause then I sound mature and wonderful, but told you so is not ever something that people are going to respond positively toward. They're just not. And I know that because you want me to think bad things about you? Just say you told me so. Okay. Cause I don't want to hear it. And nobody wants to hear that. And so accepting, okay, I need to remove this phrase from my vocabulary. I told you so. Well, let's also remove the phrase, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you, from our vocabulary, even from my mental vocabulary. Because sometimes mentally I will catch myself thinking that. If he doesn't know, I am not going to tell him. Well, that's just dumb, okay? Um, I need to get over that because I don't like it when people treat me that way and... I need to not have that in my head. Okay. Whew. I've been preaching. Okay. Um, let's see. To, okay. Um, remember too, that the people in your home don't have any reason to believe that this time is going to be different until they see that this time is different. You know, that's one of those things I had to accept that I had failed so many times that there was no reason whatsoever for my family to think this time was going to be different. (sighs) Okay. Um, You know what's unfortunate here is how to be neat and nice has turned into all these things I have to change personally. Um, it's really not about, it'd be so much easier to be nicer if everybody else would just do what I want them to do. Unfortunately, that's not something I can control, but I can control how I want to be nice. Um, I can't expect other people to care as much as I do. We've talked about that. Um, okay. So I'm going to go back over just real quickly. Number one, establish a routine before you announce a routine. Don't expect anyone to notice. Mm Mm-hmm. Make your goal a clean kitchen instead of appreciation for a clean kitchen. Um, Accept that you have to change their definition of normal. I am sounding sort of organized this podcast. Okay. Um, What doesn't work is expecting people to read your mind. Um, Don't expect people to believe this time is different until they see that this time is different. And don't expect other people to care as much as you do. Um, For me, having the blog in the beginning, you know, was my way to stop making excuses. Because if I had an excuse, I would write my excuse. And when you write it down, you start to see, wow, that is just an excuse. That is not really anything um, legit. Okay. So it helped me see all these things as excuses. I am not telling you these things as someone who has studied human nature professionally. I am telling you someone who had to get over all this herself. Okay. This is all purely from experience. Unfortunately, man, I wish I was perfect, but I'm not. Okay. So I am going to end with a story that I had already thought, Oh, I want to tell this on my podcast. And I thought I was just going to kind of randomly tell it as a story. Um, but it actually works really well with this. And this is, um, something I, my husband and I both, um, tell my children, tell our children all the time. And, uh, it, is a story, or I guess a story, or something said by John Acuff, who is a blogger and an author. Um, he used to work for Dave Ramsey, but uh, anyway, you can look him up. John, I think it's J O N, 
and then ACUF, A-C-U-F-F, John ACUF. Um, anyway, he's really funny. He's a great speaker. And I heard him speak at a blogging conference uh, several years ago and kind of as his, as his intro. And it was funny, but it really was such good life advice. Um, he talked about how, you know, kind of how his life had changed a lot and that he was, you know, doing this national speaking and all this kind of stuff. And um, that people would, he would go somewhere to speak and people would say to him things like, thank you so much for um, not being rude to our staff. I guess because a lot of other speakers were rude to the staff, but they, they would thank him. Thank you so much for not being rude to our staff or thank you so much for not hitting on the interns, you know, the girls or whatever. So I guess this is something other speakers had done or thank you so much for, you know, you know, for not, for just having such reasonable things that you ask for. I think somebody had asked to have a grand piano in their dressing room. I can't play the piano, but I would totally ask for that. Anyway, so I, you know, that is um, what his observation was. He basically said, so basically you're thanking me for not being a jerk. Like that's basically what you're saying is you're thanking me for not being a jerk, for not being demanding. So he's like, so basically all I have to do to set myself apart is be nice. That's it. I just have to be nice. You know, just, just don't do jerky things and, and be nice to people. And suddenly I am this amazing, you know, Oh, people, they think I'm so wonderful just because I'm nice. And we tell this to our kids all the time. We're like, you know, set yourself apart by being nice. The world in general just get on Facebook and you'll see it. Um, you know, it's full of jerks. It's full of people who want to be rude, who want to be tacky, who want to do zingers and hurt people's feelings. Set yourself apart by being nice. And that's how I'm going to end my podcast with those words of wisdom from John Acuff. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. If you can leave a review in iTunes, I would greatly appreciate that. Um, And um, again, I do appreciate podcast ideas so that I don't have to spend brain power that is precious and fleeting these days on um, coming up with topics. I would love it if you would send me topic ideas to aslobcomesclean at gmail.com. Thanks so much for joining me and I will talk to you next week. Bye.